Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Floor and Decor. Largest selection of hard surface flooring and lowest prices guaranteed. Michael, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hey, I've got a question about handheld steamers. I've got some grout that has mildew and mold on it to the yeah. shower. I was wondering if handheld steamers uh, do any good with that. Well, you know, when uh, the professionals come in and they, they are cleaning tile floors, they're, they're actually using steam. But they're also using pressure behind it and a vacuum system to take it away. So if you ask me if just the steam will do it, no, it won't be enough. You're going to have to have something behind it to peel everything off and clean it up better. Okay, thank you very much. You bet, Michael. Take care. And, you know, you, you see a lot of the steamers that they sell for for uh, cleaning. Well, one, they got them for uh, making your wrinkles go away on your clothes and stuff. But you, you also see they sell those little steamers that they show you cleaning pots and pans and cleaning mm. the tile and the grout and all that stuff. Unless you've got six years to get the job done, that ain't the way to do it. And those things are miserably slow because they have nothing behind them as far as pressure washing it and vacuuming away the the debris at the same time. Peter, how are you today? I'm fine, thank you. I've got a question uh, about my drain in the shower. Uh, sometimes there's a gurgling, bubbling, gurgling sound that sounds like it's in the pipe. What is, do you know what that might mean? Sounds like you're probably getting a, and, and it's in the shower only, right? Right, in the yeah, shower not, only. Yeah, it's not coming out of the, the sink in the bathroom. Uh, no. Okay. No. It's uh, and, only and, re- in the- and the reason I ask that, a lot of times people will hear it in the sink, and that's the air conditioner drain uh, draining into the sink. In the shower, typically if you're hearing that gurgling noise, it's because uh-huh. you're you're getting a plug where the vent's not working properly. Uh-huh. And that gurgle is where it's just like a straw. The straw's got to be open on one end in order for the water to flow properly. Uh-huh. Your pipes are the same way. And if it doesn't have that vent pipe or the vent pipe starts getting a plug in it, then it'll start pulling through the P-trap in the shower and just and uh-huh. make that gurgle noise. And okay. usually what starts plugging it is the uh, hair buildup and soap scum and things like that. Okay. Okay. All right. That's what I need to know. I was worried that it might be a leak, but you nah, sh- my shouldn't shouldn't be a leak. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate you. Hey, man. Thanks a lot. Hello, John. Hi, Jim. Thank you for taking my call. My pleasure. Okay. I have a question. I bought a house about a year and a half ago, and it's got about a twenty-year air conditioning unit. Well. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll put my air. I'll leave the air on about seventy six, seventy seven degrees. But my wife, she likes it down to like seventy three degrees, and or seventy four. And during real hot days, uh, when it gets like a hundred degrees plus, the air conditioner will run basically seven, eight hours without turning off. But does that hurt an air conditioner? Because I, I tell us that the air conditioner needs a break or sometimes when you get it that. You know, when it gets that hot outside and you want it that cool. But anyway, does that hurt for an air conditioner to run that long without turning off? 
Actually, it doesn't. The, the thing that really is hard on air conditioners is the starting and stopping of them. Uh, as long as they're sitting there running, they're, they're typically doing just fine. It's kind of like a diesel engine. A diesel engine does better if you just leave it running. And your air conditioner is kind of that way. That's the reason a lot of the, you know, these new uh, variable speed air conditioners and stuff, they're basically yeah. running all the time. But what it does is it powers up and down how fast it's running in order to maintain the temperature. Uh, the, the, but the key factor on all of this, what I'm just saying, is to make sure that you have it serviced regularly so that the coolant levels are where they need to be. Because if the coolant level gets too low, then the system could start freezing up on you. Yeah, so we're, we're leaking about a pound a year on, on that air conditioner saying So I'm, I'm in the market of probably next, next summer, well, probably maybe this coming March looking for a new air conditioner. But I guess I was wrong. I, I, I thought maybe uh, it needed a little bit of a break, like maybe ten minutes every thirty minutes of running. But I guess it nah, don't. Nah, you don't don't need to worry about that at all. Okay. Well, I'll give Evan a care. I'll give Evan care a, a, a call whenever I need a air conditioning. And uh, thank you for everything, Jim. I enjoy your show. I really do. John, thank you so much. You have a wonderful weekend. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Rich in Georgetown, how can I help you? Hi, Jim. I uh, I bought a pier and beam home down here in Georgetown, and uh, I, I leveled up the uh, all the beams and whatnot. Took off all the flooring. I'm going to reskirt it, and I'm going to use stone and ventilate that crawl space. And okay. from the bottom of my pressure treated joist to the dirt right now, I got about 20 inches. Okay. Uh, my question is. I've been told by a contractor that I want to get some spray foam insulation. I'm leaning toward closed cell, and he told me that the closed cell will not only work as an insulator, but also a moisture barrier. He's 100% correct. And I'm just going to cover it up with three-quarter inch OSB and let him spray it to the bottom of it. Is that okay? Why do you want to use the three-quarter inch OSB? Or are you putting that on as your your, uh, subfloor? Okay. Yes, absolutely. Uh, if you're if you're wanting to insulate the bottom, that is the only way to insulate is with a closed cell foam because open cell can actually hold moisture on the wood and promote rot. Fiberglass, cellulose, all of them will will promote wood rot. That closed cell foam, though, it forms a skin on it, so it's a it's a moisture barrier. Plus, it gives you the insulating factor. Only way to do it. Well, great. Now I can pin my ears back and go to work. (laughs) Have a good time with it. Thank you, sir. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Charlie, how are you? Doing pretty good, Jim. Hey, I've got a Schlage uh, door lock assembly. Uh, Matter of fact, I've got them on all three of the outside doors. And uh, the one coming out here on the patio, you know the little thing that comes out that when you close the door, it keeps it secure until you do the deadbolt or whatever? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's not coming all the way out. What could be the problem there? Well, there's a couple of things that can go wrong with them. And I'm, I'm, you're talking about the one that goes on the, the turn knob, right? Uh, yeah, well, these are thumb activated, but yeah, it'd be the okay. same as the turn knob. Yeah. You know, typically what I find has happened on most of them is they just, over time, the oil inside gets gunked up. And so it just doesn't slide like it should. So usually if you'll take the, the ends off, pull uh-huh. the stem out, 
clean it up. Use like some WD-40 or something to clean it up. But then re-lubricate it and put it back in. It does just fine. Okay, yeah, something like that, like door hinges. I'll usually put some Vaseline on them or it, if they're squeaking or whatever. Yep, and that's why I said, you know, I don't use the WD-40 to lubricate it because it tends to uh, take on more of the dust and, and, and gunk and build up faster. So usually after I've cleaned it up good with something like WD-40, I'll try to get as much of that off as I can and use like a graphite or something like that that, that doesn't uh, attract dirt and dust. Once I take that end plate off, then it should that thing should just pull straight out. Yep. Yeah. Take the two oh, screws okay. off the off the end, and you got to you got to take the front and back off the door first. You know the the handle oh, parts, okay. and then take the two screws off of the side part of the door, and your stem will pull right out. Oh, okay. That's all I need, young man. Charlie, you have a wonderful weekend. Oh, you do the same, young man. Take care. I'm trying. Cindy, this is Jim. How can I help you today? Hi. Um, we had an air condition go out, and the company came, and they said the compressor was gone. So they came, and they put one in a week later, and uh, the guy that did it, he told me, he said, look, I took a four-ton out, and we put a three-ton in. And I called the company, and they, and they denied it, but they did send someone out to check it, and sure enough, they did put a three-ton in instead of a four. Uh, the question is, I don't, I don't think that's right, but because we were charged for a four, or the homeowner's uh, company did, the American Home Shield, um, does it make a difference between a three and a four? And also, the second question is, um, they didn't tell me when they left not to turn the fan off, so if the fan is blowing all of that heat... Does that trip a breaker or trip something up there to a protective mechanism to, to uh, anyway, the blower, they tell me the blower was out. So I kind of um, called and complained about that. They sent someone out and they said, no, the blower's just fine. It was simply um, that it tripped itself because it okay. was so hot. Let's start with the compressor first. If that's a four-ton unit, it needs a four-ton compressor. Yeah. The other thing he told me, this repair guy, um, he said, look, he said, it's only a couple years old, and I really don't, I'm replacing something that works here, and that it's not your compressor that's not working. But if, if, if the unit's only a couple years old, yeah, the compressor should have been under warranty from the manufacturer still. Yeah, well, we kept it. We, we didn't let them take it. We, we kept it, so that's where we are right now. But we were thinking that compressor should be, I mean, it's only a couple years old. And he told me, he said, I don't think it's the compressor. I think they told you it was the compressor. And, I mean, he did tell me about the four-ton and three-ton, and he was right yeah. about that. So we kept it, and we're going to get it checked out. Cindy, I, I need to ask you to hold on for just a second sure. because sure. I, I want to go a little further with Cindy, this sounds like uh, you got a some type of home warranty paying for I do. this, correct? Yeah, I do. Okay, and your system wasn't cooling, and the guy comes out, he replaces the compressor, and now they're trying to tell you that the blower is out. Is that what the initial problem was? Well, the house was hot, and he came out, and the first guy, and he said, okay, it's the compressor. 
So a week later, they come out and they put in a compressor. And the guy that did it, he said, look, I took out a four and I put in a three. I said, well, that's not right. That's not what you should have done. And I called them on it and they said, uh, no, the paperwork says we put in a four. So they sent someone out and sure enough, they did have a three in there instead of a four. But the guy that took the compressor out originally, he said, you know, I told him, I said, this is only a couple years old. And he goes, it looks like it was fine to me. What brand so I don't is know it? what happened then. So after they put the compressor in, the number, the four ton, um, I said, you know, it's not working. And he got up there sure. and he said, oh, it's the blower. So they sent someone else out. What, and he what said, brand no. unit is this? What brand unit? Oh, it's a 2008, and I don't know. Okay. Houses, I don't know. Okay. I, I'm, I'm telling you, you need to get somebody else out there to look at it. Forget about that home warranty. This is one of the reasons I hate these home warranty things. We're dropping them. Yeah, they they yes. all they do is shortcut stuff, and they hire the dirt cheapest people they can get to come out there and do it to try to extend the life. Get somebody out there who knows what they're doing to look at it and get the system working properly. Then you can go back and deal with that home warranty company on it. And and not to get too much back off of the 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 sub home improvement subject. And again, I got open line, so do call in. But on these Angie's List and Home Advisors and, and all these other organizations like that, you know, you've got to be careful. And that's, that, it, they operate a lot like social media does. You've got to be careful, though, what you read on social media and take some of it with a grain of salt. Uh, did you? And I'm, I'm assuming most everybody saw that the lawsuit with the photographer took wedding pictures I think the bill came to, I don't know, $6,000, something like that. And the couple was upset because they didn't like the cover that the photographer was giving them. They wanted an upgraded cover for free. It was going to be $150. And they just took that photographer to task, posting on all these different websites, negative reviews and all this stuff. And ended up getting sued by the photographer and losing a million-dollar lawsuit over defamation. And I'm telling you, this is not the first that, th- that we're going to hear this. We're going to hear more of these cases coming up. Because some of the stuff that you see out on social media that is all negative is from people who's, who start threatening, well, if you don't do this for me, I'm going to post this online and I'm going to just start doing this, that, and the other thing. Freedom of speech is a wonderful thing. I believe in it, but you got to be true about what you're saying. And and I'm going to use my company as an example, Due West. There are, there are some negative reviews out there. And if you go look at the reviews, they're people who we've never even worked for because they complained about a trip charge, $10, you know, that kind of thing. I'm sorry, that is not something you go start posting on social media to complain about. You got a problem with the way a job was done or something? That's one thing. But if the company's never even done work for you, what are you doing complaining about it? Hire somebody else. And the problem that you, I have with Angie's List is, and, and some of these other places is they work off that same thing. As long as you, the contractor, haven't had any complaints, regardless of what the complaint is, they'll let you keep going. And their first question, if anybody does have a complaint, is, well, uh, 
it's automatically you did something wrong and what are you going to do what are you going to offer them to fix it when in 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 theory if you've never even worked for them how can you offer them something to fix it so take your reviews with a grain of salt that you read read the ones that are pertain to work that was done not the ones that pertain to stuff that was never actually even worked on and and surprisingly enough there's a lot of competitors who go out and do these type of things to the to their competitors i mean it, it floors me the way some businesses operate but that's off on a on a totally different subject orkin welcome to texas yes, improvement yes sir good afternoon i was listening to you on the car and then all of a sudden i got like yeah i should ask him uh i am building a house in the county and uh what's happening is i was planning to put a uh mono black water manifold for the water distribution system Okay. Uh, the reason reason I want that is uh, I don't want any joints behind the walls. So I want everything uh, in front of the walls. So if something fails, I just like to see and replace it a lot easier than, you know, tearing down the sheetrock and trying to figure out where it is. Okay. And uh, with that, uh, we were planning to use the PAX piping, and I was uh, looking to go with the Uponar, but I talked to a couple of plumbers, and first, nobody likes the uh, manifold system. I don't know why. And the second thing is, a couple of them say the, uh, the Uponar doesn't fit the monoblock manifold. So i just like to get your opinion on that. You know... Th- What's happened with the manifold systems is what they found was when there was something that broke, it was usually in those manifold systems because the the all of the, each zone, you know, every, every drop that you went to had its own little valve there. And valves, if they're not used on a regular basis, tend to start seizing up. And then you go up there and you try to twist it and it breaks off. And so... Okay. Where the when the the PEX plumbing first came out, that was one of their big things that let's use the manifold and and uh, not have to worry about all the water things. And now most everybody's gotten away from using the manifolds. I got I got to be honest with you, I don't have a problem using the manifold. It does add cost to it, but beyond mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, as long as you're willing to go up in the attic or out in the garage or wherever you happen to put it and turn the valves every couple months, you won't have an issue mm-hmm. with it. Got you. Uh, no, see, actually, the, my point is, they said that the manifolds fail and all. Well, uh, you know, $200 worth of uh, failed manifold replacement seems to me easier than tearing out the sheetrock and some insulation material and replacing the whole systems and all. So that's why I was I was leaning towards to going with the manifold. So well, I I, I, I I actually kind of like the idea of the manifold system. Probably the only disagreement I have with it is they were doing a drop when they first came out. Every single toilet, faucet, uh-huh. and bathtub had its own separate drop that you could shut off at the manifold. And what makes more sense to me is you have a valve for that bathroom that you can shut off. But yeah, that's that's exactly. That, yeah, and so, for, so you know, I have no problems with that at all. It makes to me it makes all the sense in the world because 
let's face it, usually if something plumbing breaks, you don't want to shut the whole house off. And that gives you yeah. the ability to shut that one bathroom off. Most homes have two bathrooms nowadays, so it buys you the time to get it fixed. Exactly. Now, see, I'm 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 going something like three bathrooms in the kitchen, so that's that's gonna yeah, be, you know, and uh, yeah, okay. Then, and uh, what do you think about the uh, packs, Uponor packs, to put with the monoblock manifolds, especially well, with the compression system? I believe it, it's compatible. Is it or? I'm, I got to be honest. I'm not familiar it. with that particular manifold okay. system, so I I can't answer that. Okay. All right, then. So, I thank you, sir. Much appreciate it. You bet. And, you uh, take care. Great show, by the thank way. Thank you, sir. Let's talk to uh, Robbie. This is Jim. Welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Thank you. Um, I'm calling because I'm having a problem with, I think, my air conditioning and maybe my attic as well. I have a 40-year-old house, and last year I put in a new Lennox two-stage air conditioner with a humidifier uh portion of it. The problem I'm still having is that the vents on the ceiling are still spewing out that black kind of sooty stuff, and I usually have them cleaned uh, once a year by Blackman Mooring, uh -huh. but I now have found two closets that I normally don't open very often that have this black stuff on the ceiling, and one of them actually smells moldy. Well, I guess oh. my first question is, why do you have a humidifier mixed in with your air conditioner? Uh, it it, it uh, is part of the air conditioner. Um, okay. It actually dehumidifies. I'm sorry, okay. dehumidifies. Not okay. dehumidifies. Yeah, it dehumidifies um, as it's also air conditioning. And and don't get me wrong. There are reasons sometimes to have a humidifier added to an air conditioning system. Normally, they're used with the heating system because a heating system can take a lot of humidity out of the air. Uh, Correct. So that, that's the reason I was asking the question. Yes, I uh, misspoke. Yeah. Um, okay. So you, when they installed that new system last year, did they do a manual J or a load calculation? Uh, in order to determine the size? Yes, ma'am. Or did they just uh, look at the whatever unit was in there before and put another one the same size? Uh, no, they actually put in a unit that was smaller. The unit that had been in there, they said, was too large and was not running long enough and was not uh, getting the humidity out of the house. Okay. And the black that you're seeing as far as, like, at the registers, on the vent registers? Yes. Is it coming out and streaking across the ceiling a little bit? Yes. And have you bothered to try to reach up there and see if it comes off? Uh, it does come off usually with uh, a rag that's wet. Okay. It's kind of a little, feels a little grit, gritty and a little greasy. Okay. They need to come back and check that unit. Uh, I think you got a couple things going on. One, they definitely need to check, make sure the coolant levels are proper so that it's run, running the right amount of time. But I think the bigger thing is the ductwork needs to be checked. Even though you're having it cleaned, and a lot of times people have ductwork cleaned when it really doesn't need it, but uh, I, it, it almost sounds like you've got some holes in the ductwork where it's drawing dust and stuff from in the attic. And okay. a lot of times that's those black streaks that you'll get going across the ceiling is there's holes in the ductwork. At the very least, where the ductwork comes through 
the the sheetrock into that register there. Make sure that's caulked and sealed. You know, it used to be 30 years ago, even even 10 years ago, uh, when air conditioning systems were installed, that that wasn't sealed. You'd you'd put the cover on it. It had a little foam piece, and that would seal it up. And that's really all it was done. And and what they've discovered over time is we get a lot of air leakage there. And so now codes require that all that's sealed up with uh, caulking so that you don't get air infiltration. I think that would go a long ways towards helping as well. The closets that are having the issue concerns me more than anything does, though, because if they weren't having issues before and are having issues now, it tells me that the unit's not dehumidifying the way it should be. And so that definitely needs to be checked out. Now, I will tell you, we've had more rain this year than we normally do, even though we're going through a lot of dry spells. Uh, This is our third wettest summer on record. Mm -hmm. And so when we are getting rains, our humidity levels do spike up pretty good. The air conditioning system ought to be able to handle that with no problem at all. And it doesn't sound like it is. Is now, it possible I might have a leak also in the roof and it's we, showing up in some of the closets? I was just getting ready to head down that track. Now, there's <laughs> okay. always that possibility that you do have a roof leak, but chances of it hitting just the closets are pretty slim. And that so speaks I, more I, humidity. Yeah, I think it's more humidity control problem than anything. So okay. call your AC guy. Now, as a temporary fix to help out with this, leave those closet doors open so that you're drawing air, you know, you know, so it's circulating the air in the house. And one other question I guess I need to ask you before, before we go too far down the road as well. Flooring in the house, has it been changed out? I'm sorry, say that again? Was the flooring in the house by chance changed out recently? No. Okay. And re- and just for everybody listening, the reason I'm asking that question, if you had hard floors and you've got, say, a three-quarter inch gap between the bottom of the door and the hard floor and you change out and put carpet in, you no longer have that three-quarter inch gap. The air doesn't circulate well in the closets then. I got gotcha. you. And, so, and that's just for everybody else listening. But... I would leave those closet doors open, get the AC company out there. And honestly, if you don't really feel comfortable with what they're telling you, bring another AC company in. And can you recommend one? Absolutely. Advent Air. Okay, Advent Air. Yep, and their number is Uh 972-221-4373. Okay. All right. I've got a few things that I will do, and then I will give them a call then. And you said you put a Linux system in, right? Yes, I did put the Linux system in. See, you've got a a good, and and with that dual speed and everything, you've got a great air conditioning system. Mm -hmm. And and the thing that a lot of people don't follow, uh, and, and you can buy the best air conditioning system in the world if the installers didn't do it properly. You're going to have problems, and I think that your system just needs some tweaking is all. Okay. Okay? Well, that sounds great. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Robbie, have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And when you're buying, this is for everybody listening now, when you're buying air conditioners, it's not the same as buying a car. You buy a car, 
You can take it to any dealer, get it worked on and everything. You know, it's made on the factory line, and so is the air conditioning system. Parts of it. It's assembled, though, at your house. Proper copper tubing being used, proper lengths, proper setup, proper uh, amount of Freon put in. All this stuff makes a difference on how that system's going to operate. The installer makes a huge difference. We have a traditional 25-year asphalt roof that has mold on it. We are planning to have it cleaned by a local company. The owner says he uses 75 PSI pressure washer along with a cleaner, non-bleach. Would that be safe to use? Well, they actually make several different cleaners that are available to put on asphalt shingles to clean up the, the darkness that builds up on them and the molds and all that stuff. So... Uh, yeah, that's totally fine. Uh, 75 PSI pressure washer, not sure what they're using there. Uh, never heard of one that low. I mean, for that, you're just basically using the garden hose. Uh, so I'm kind of thinking maybe that they're using a little bit higher pressure than that. You don't want to go up there with a heavy pressure washer. You know, a 4,000 PSI pressure washer will blow all the rocks off the the shingle but you going up there with a, a water hose or just a, a mild pressure washer won't be a problem at all now when we left i was talking a little bit about foam insulation and why do you want to foam an attic and typically the answer i get was just what we heard there that uh well it'd be more energy efficient and again r38 r49 whatever you want to make the attic whatever whenever you hit that r49 number and really that's as high as you want to go in our climate here but once you hit it whether it's done with foam or fiberglass the insulating factor is the same it's still just an r49 now one of the things that doing foam insulation does is it now turns your attic into basically heated and cooled space uh, where typically you're keeping the fiberglass insulation on the attic floor so that the air conditioning stops from going into the attic. When you use the foam insulation, it goes up on the roof deck. Your air conditioning also goes up into the attic. So is it as cool as it is in the house? No, but it is a much cooler attic. Now, if you were going to store certain things in the attic, that may be preferable. But if you're doing this for saving money on your energy bills, not going to save you a nickel. So you'll spend $5,000 to put this foam insulation in the attic and see absolutely no return. One of the things some of the foam companies are telling people is, oh, you're going to save money on your heating and cooling because your air conditioner system is no longer in the hot attic. That AC system doesn't know the difference between that hot attic or that cooler attic. It was designed to run in the hot attic to begin with. Your ductwork is insulated already. Do you get a, a, a quick burst of warm air when you kick when the air conditioner kicks in? Absolutely. You will not see the difference on your energy bills, though. And, and I can't stress that enough. Don't do it for a cost savings benefit. Now, I recommend all the time to put foam insulation in the walls leave the fiberglass up in the attic because you can always add to the fiberglass insulation to get whatever R value you want. 
much better off with your money that way. And even on retrofitting a home with foam insulation, I recommend it goes in the walls and not the attic. And yes, they can retrofit existing walls with foam insulation. That will make your home more energy efficient because inch for inch, foam has a much higher R value than fiberglass or cellulose or wool, any of those types of insulation. So what? how do they put it in the walls? They actually drill small holes from the outside, insert a tube, and inject a foam that is non-expansive. It's, it's much like shaving cream. It fills the cavity, sets up, and if there's insulation in the walls already, it'll encapsulate it. But it sets up and seals all the air leaks. Well, if you do the attic, you're sealing all the air leaks as well, which is the reason I tell you don't do both walls and attic because you don't want a house that's totally sealed up. And if you are retrofitting a, an attic with foam insulation, you may be facing having to replace the AC system as well because, as, as she brought up, there are some efficiency factors that play into this as well. So it really, and I'm going to step on the toes of, of the foam insulation people right now. There is not a good reason, typically, every once in a while there is, there's not typically a good reason to be retrofitting an attic with foam insulation unless somebody's doing it for storage of things up there. But please don't be telling people you're going to save them money on their electric bill because you're not. Fiberglass insulation on the attic floor will do everything that needs to be done as far as saving money on their utility bills. And quite frankly, if you've got 12 inches of insulation already in your attic, you ought to be looking at a radiant barrier instead of more insulation. James, welcome to KRLD. How can I help you? Uh, yes, I got a question about uh, investing in solar panels. Yeah. Are the solar shingles that they're having out. I know IKEA and Tesla is hyping their new uh, solar uh, shingles that's yes. coming out. What are your thoughts on the payback on that and investment? Well, I'm waiting to see the pricing that they're going to put on those things. Um, in, in most cases, unless you can get some of the government rebates, the payback is forever on solar. What, what really has made solar cost effective in the last few years is the fact that the government has been uh, giving you tax credits and the state of Texas has been giving some tax credits and your power company in many cases has been giving some rebates actually covering up to in some cases 50 and 55 percent of the cost of the solar panels and if you get into that situation the payback time is cut down enough where normally somewhere in the range of four to seven years you start getting the, the payback and then from then on you're you're recouping benefits on it usually it's more in the seven-year range uh, if wow you're, if you're having to pay full price though with no tax credits and none of the other stuff solar makes absolutely no sense at all uh, I agree I ran across an article in a major consumer report magazine and they estimate maybe 20 to 25 years payback even yeah. with the rebate, it's pretty pricey. It is very pricey. Uh, 
and I like solar. I like the concept of it and stuff, but you know, unless we can make it cost effective, it's not worth doing. And there's a secondary problem that really isn't discussed very often. When the solar panels uh, are finished being used, because they don't, they do have a lifespan, and t- and you know, you just mentioned that 25 years. Yeah. You know, the average life span of solar panels is between 25 and 30 years. And wow, so, so you start over with another you start over with another set, but the problem is the disposal of the old ones because of something that's in them and I, and I haven't been able to find out what it is, they don't want these things in landfills. Wow, so it's not even and worth the effort yet. It it's really not at this point. Now the the new stuff that they're coming out with for shingles and and uh they've got some roll-up type panels and stuff my understanding is those don't have all the the stuff in it like some of the other uh glass type panels do and so i'm kind of interested to see how that stuff's coming out and what type of lifespan it's going to have is and and uh, what the payback's going to be but from the pricing i've seen so far uh it's going to be pretty pricey uh to the tune of like if you're going to put a regular roof on your house and you wanted to go with these solar panels you're going to be paying like five to seven times the cost of a regular roof yes that's what i saw from the research for like a four thousand square foot house eighty thousand dollars yeah with the rebates your net maybe six thousand payback after 25 years yeah and 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 that it's just not worth it but and I, i will tell you in europe uh, because I, I, my mom's directly from Germany, so I have a lot of relatives over there. And when I go visit, uh, they got solar panels all over the place. And the government was actually funding putting all these things out. And most of the governments in Europe have pulled all the funding because of not having something good to do with them when the lifespan is over. Uh, it, it does something that... it ruins the environment to just put them in landfills and again i'm not sure what's going on with that but uh it's one of those technologies that it's not its time is not ready yet i love solar don't get me wrong but there there are some definite drawbacks right now okay thanks a lot you have a good day james you take care bear this is jim how can i help you hi jim i enjoy your show I, I became aware of these misting systems that you hook up to your air, outdoor air conditioner compressor. Yes. That are supposed to cool it down as the cool the compressor down and decrease. They, they, it your, cools the coils down. Yes, and it and it decreases your electricity consumption. But there's also a big question not only of the quality of the systems, but about messing up your coil system because of excess moisture and i was curious to how well something like that works well it's really not the excess moisture that starts messing up the coils uh there's a lot of minerals that come out of our water yes and that mineral starts building on those coils well they all they all yeah they all come with a filter yeah but it, it don't but, ta- it doesn't take it all out. And what happens is as this as those minerals develop on the coils, they become less efficient at that point. Okay. And so in the long run, you're actually ruining your coils. In the short run, 
absolutely it makes it much more energy efficient uh, only because the coils are already cooled they're not having to run as hard in order to cool the because what those outside coils do is you know it takes the the warm air out of the house and they use those coils to disperse the warm air outside and by having the moisture on there it, it's, it's just like our skin when we sweat it makes it easier to cool down right uh, but in the long run just like your skin when you sweat you get the the salt buildup yes the coils end up getting that mineral buildup as well yeah and most of the reviews said the savings is wasted because of the maintenance that's involved to yep. keep it and uh I mean, they're really they're really starting to push it, and not all the systems are made very well. Yeah. What I the other other thought I had is you're probably better off making sure that your compressor is either in a shaded area or surrounded by bushes without restricting airflow. That you are 100% correct. Okay, I, I'm looking to move to Florida and build a house. Uh, I live in an apartment now, so I don't worry about it. But yeah. I, I thought that might help an awful lot of other people as well. Yep. Absolutely. As you, as you help so many people, I've only been listening to you a couple months, and it's like I think the fact that you actually own businesses and you're out there in the field makes your expertise hands-on much better than some of these other people, and I appreciate you. Bear, I appreciate that. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.